You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks this week, I'm Jennifer Perry. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to address on the podcast, reach out to us. Connect with us on Facebook. Just do a search there for the Retirement Solution with John Hicks or just go online to retirementsolutionradio.com. You know, we were talking before the show today, John, you've had a lot of influences in your life over the years. I know your parents were a big part of why you work so hard. I still have not forgotten the squeegee boy story. (laughs) But uh, both of us were talking. We both started at a young age listening to Rush Limbaugh. And of course, Mm. we lost him recently. We talked about that at the end of uh, last week's show. But listening to his best stuff shows this week, you realize just how much of an influence and and just how much we're going to miss his voice. And uh, former president, Trump talked about his friend recently after his passing, telling Fox News, you know, there's a reason he decided to give him the Presidential Medal of Freedom during last year's State of the Union speech. This was right after Rush was diagnosed. Well, it was an idea that we had that a lot of people suggested to me, frankly, a lot of great uh, people of our country, largely Republicans. It was an amazing night because the Republicans went wild and the Democrats sat there, but they all respected Rush. What I appreciated about Rush in this last year of his life, he got really kind of emotional at times and yeah. opened up about religion and really kind of coming to grips with what he knew was his reality. You know, it, it was one of those things I had to think back about how long I had had heard Rush on radio. And it hit me because, you know, so many of the things he was talking about, he did have an outpouring of emotion in this past year, really, that I didn't either recognize or forgot about or, or, or didn't know. But, Jennifer, I was thinking about, you know, maybe the first time I probably ever heard the Rush Limbaugh show. And we talked, you mentioned again, you're never going to let me live down the squeegee boy job. (laughs) But uh, that was the summer before I went to college. But my first summer after my freshman year of college, I actually was a bank golfer that first year. Okay, so as a bank golfer, what were your duties? You did all of the stuff that no one else in the bank wanted to do. Um, (laughs) Primarily, I would staple papers. But one of the biggest things I did is I got to take the bank car, which at the time... Farmers and Merchants Bank in in Livermore, Kentucky, (laughs) is where this awesome golfer job was. And they had this green Crown Victoria, which are big. You know, those are big. It's like a barge on the road. So my job was to go and drive from one branch to go pick up deposits at another branch. See, out there in the, in the community, when there are not huge amounts of money, it was usually petty cash. And mm-hmm. They weren't going to send like a Brinks truck, you know, down there for that. They're going to send the bank golfer. Sure. Who's going to go pick up $83 of petty cash <laughs> and carry it from one bank to the next. But in that car, it was primarily during the rush hour for the lunch break. Uh-huh. And so I typically had it on. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, Jennifer, that was over 30 years ago. 30 years ago is when I was exposed to listening to uh, to Rush on the radio. And I do remember one day, I remember this specifically, and here I am. See, someone that used to work for that bank is going to hear this, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself. But I was driving, like I said, that big, huge Crown Victoria, and I kind of hit the ATM You kind uh, of machine. hit the ATM. <laughs> well, well, let's just say that I got a little close and maybe touched it. Let's just say that. <laughs> so here I am, you know, a freshman in college, coming home from summer. I'm driving this big huge crown victoria and everyone knows it's the bank car because it's the only one that was that emerald green color mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i'm going through the drive through and no one was at the drive through window at the time and you just hear a 
And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, what did I do? I had basically hit the ATM machine with the bumper and there was a mark. I mean, there was a mark. So here I am, sleeves rolled up, khaki pants, dress shirt and tie. And I'm looking at this and I realized no one at the bank saw me. They didn't see me do it. I don't know how they didn't, but they didn't. And so I immediately realized they didn't see me. So I get in the bank car and I fly down to the auto zone as quick as I can. And I'm, and I almost got a probably good way to get in a speed ticket doing that too so i'm in the auto zone and i walk in and say yeah uh, my boss kind of hit the bank building and i got i need to buff this thing out <laughs> sweating so profusely my hands were like almost drenched in sweat and he goes you son you need rubbing compound is what you need that'll take that ride out so here i am in the auto zone parking lot with this goop that i'm smearing all over this bumper i'd never done this before in my life and it's, it's the middle of the summer july and i'm sweating in buckets i've sweat completely through my undershirt and the dress shirt the tie i just it's loose and it's completely got junk all over it and i'll be danged if that rubbing compound didn't get most of that out but it's because i hit the atm with the bank car because here's the point i was listening to rush and he made some point and i hadn't thought about it like that before and so i got distracted so you're saying took, it's rush's fault it's rush's fault see I, I, all i'm trying to say oh is it was rush's fault <laughs> That it's is Russia's fault that I took out the ATM. So now, of course, that bank is merged, and there's someone else that's now looking for me saying, well, we were wondering what happened to that car. <laughs> yeah. We saw that scratch. That rubbing compound really didn't do the job. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you do ever get a little fender bender, rubbing compound does a pretty darn good job. Hey, you appreciate the uh, AutoZone guy who helped you with that, but blame Rush for that one. I blame Rush for shaping my thoughts at a young age. I remember first watching his TV show with my brother. So my brother yeah. started watching it, and um, secret, we lived in a Democrat household. So it was like <laughs> forbidden stuff. It was forbidden stuff. And yet we found a way to sneak in and watch it on TV. And it stuck with me over the you years. Know, I, I laugh about it now because, you know, in my house, my parents were both registered Democrats. It was kind of an expectation, I think, where we lived back then. Mm-hmm. But the values that they stood for were all the same things that I really hold today. You work hard. Right. You don't ask for handouts. Yeah. You kind of keep your mouth shut about some things, but fiscal conservatism. You know, we really did talk about that. And I think that's why, you know, I listen listen to Rush so much more. It, it was just really kind of solidifying my own thoughts that I learned in my house. Yeah. No one's going to hand it to you. You got to work hard for it. And see, that's not a Republican or a Democrat concept, Jennifer. It's an American but concept, think, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that's a big issue with what we have. We're dividing things between, you know, red or blue or whatever. And it really comes down to let's just talk about the commonalities between the two. Mm-hmm. I think that when you really break down fiscal conservatism, it's how when I'm meeting people, you guys out there that have listened to the show for years, when I'm meeting you guys for the first time, I am amazed at what many of you have been able to set aside. Not because it's the huge amount, but because I know how hard it is to do, because that means you had to sacrifice. Yeah. You had to not buy a new car. You had to scrimp sometimes so that you could put that money aside. And at that point in time, when you're ready to hang it up, it's that fiscal conservatism that you didn't live off credit cards your whole life and expect someone else to give you the handout that puts you in the position to be able to retire, not just with with dignity, but retire, frankly, better than most people can. But it's because of that underlying non-political viewpoint of just being fiscal conservative that allows most of us to do that. See, Rush to me was kind of like the beacon for that or 
some people that may or may not like him. He was a megaphone for that, right? Because mm-hmm. he did believe in responsibility. I, I agree with that. So if we're going to be responsible, we also know that you get a lot of accolades. You get a lot of extra opportunities to do a lot better things in life if you've been responsible. So when it comes to finances, the question is, do we know what we can now accomplish with that responsibility level that we've had up until now? Do we want to find out how that fiscal conservatism that it's allowed us to save this amount of money? Do we really want to see what we can parlay that into? Because Jennifer, most people are not aware they could potentially live off two times the amount of income than they think they can if they have the right plan. Wow. I th- and, and, and I'm serious about that. A lot of people think they can only pull three to four percent from their investments, and that's what they're going to have to have uh, in order for them to you know maintain over the long term. That is absolutely not true if you use better strategies. Some people say, well. John, I don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. I don't want to have all of this money in the end. I want to use it for my retirement. And if I do want to give something to my kids and grandkids, I'd rather give them a gift. I'd rather see the look on their face or take them down to Disney or types of things like that. I want them to be just as responsible as I've been forced to be. Well, that's a different strategy, Jennifer, that you can typically have a lot more income with than the three or 4%. There are people out there that if they utilize the strategy correctly, and there's not one, there's dozens, but it's the same concept where we're not trying to solve to have the biggest pile of money. We're trying to solve to have the biggest annual income we can get. And what we're really talking about is living twice as good off the amount you've saved. That's a big deal. And that all came from really of my root thoughts of, hey, what if you don't have a million dollars? You know, what if wherever that number is you've got, you just really need it to last a lot longer, right? That fiscal conservatism. But the point of it is, is that you can. You just have to know the right strategies. Like what you hear? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And thanks for listening to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. J. Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuer insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.